friends, and welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other, it is the fall season on the PGA Tour, and this is Fairway Rollin', the golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard is here to help us sort out what just went down in Jackson, Mississippi. Am I going to apologize to Sergio? Should Sergio send me a thank you card? We're going to talk about that and the upcoming event. We have two events upcoming in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada. The first tee is open. Let's stroll over. Nate and I are going to throw a peg in the ground and get this on. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rollin' presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets, download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Nate Dog, what's happening, brother? Have you removed Sergio's eight iron from your butthole? <laughs> well, why would Sergio want to do a thing like that to me? All I did was provide the proper kind of incentive. The homie clearly needed some locker room material. I gave it to him and he was properly inspired. The entire back nine, really the Eagle on what was it? 15. And then he had the tournament in his hands to win on the 18th hole. And by golly, he channeled that all of that slander I threw his way right into that eight iron three feet away. It was kind of beautiful. I mean, he clearly listened. You clearly pissed him off. We were texting the whole time. It, it was really hard to, to watch. And the truth is, if you listened to us last week, we gave you Peter Malnati, who finished second. We gave you Charlie Hoffman, who finished T6. We gave you Denny McCarthy at T6. Wes Bryan at T12. We told you to fade Will Zalatoris. But we also threw a whole lot of dirt on Sergio Garcia's corpse. And he just punched right up through the ground. 
and won a golf tournament by putting with his eyes closed the whole time. <laughs> well, Nate, look, anybody that's listened to this podcast more than two episodes knows when I go hard against somebody, that is exactly the moment that you need to get on them. No, no lesser uh, uh, a gambling and golf authority, a, 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 a dear friend of the pod than Chris Vernon sent me a note immediately on Sunday with documented proof that he, his own self, threw five bucks at Sergio right after he got done listening to us last week. That $5 turned into $300 because Sergio was available out there at 60 to one. And by golly, the one thing that I really wish I'd done is taken five of my own hard-earned dollars and put them right on Sergio as well. Joe House resurrecting the career of golfers through his wayward betting since 1985. <laughs> well, look, now it is kind of funny to call Sergio wayward, right? Because while it is the case that he has not won on the PGA Tour on U.S. soil since the 2017 Masters, he does have an active streak of winning worldwide. He has at least one official event worldwide every year since 2011. Ten years in a row. That's, I mean, that, that, that's pretty good. And he won this week by dominating strokes gained tee to green. He, he was better than the field by 12 strokes tee to green, which is exactly how you would expect him to win. It's that plus approach. I think he was tied for third in strokes gained approach. That's the Sergio that we all know and some of us love. And that's the Sergio that goes out and, and wins events. He was primed to win this event. The 60 to one was awesome value. Our homie Jason Sobel over at Golf Bet, the Action Network, he got on Sergio between Thursday and Friday. He smelled the value there. And, you know, when that when you have that class of player, now the thing is Sergio had a bunch of miscuts leading into this. And so he was not in form, and that's why you would not have done anything other than make fun of him for collecting checks and appearance fees, which is what I did. But, you know, there's a still a class of field logic that applies to Sergio, right? It, winning the KLM Open in the Andalusia Valderrama Masters is a lot different uh, than winning the actual Masters. So I, I don't think you were necessarily wrong for uh, challenging, especially because, again... He's putting with his eyes closed. <laughs> I mean, we should all be so lucky. This is the thing, right? He's been playing professional golf for 21 years, and he just turned 40. So over the course of those 21 years, he's going to experiment with all kinds of things because the, the thing about the game of golf, part of its beauty, its allure, allure and why it is so endlessly fascinating is you're constantly trying to solve for an infinite number of variables, including like what side of the bed did you wake up on and did the cereal taste good this morning? And so him trying out feel putting at this stage of his career and this stage of his life doesn't seem crazy to me. It's a reminder that golf is hard and it ebbs and it flows and it comes and it goes. And even for a guy like this, uh, you, even at 40, have to keep the work up to continue to refine the game and try new things out. But you alluded before to, you made a comment that some people like him. What do you, <laughs> talk a little bit more about that because it's an interesting point for a slight Sergio retrospective. 
What well, is it about this guy that we don't like? Because we fell in love with him at the PGA Championship going head-to-head with Tiger doing the scissor kick. And it feels like we were all behind him when he won the Masters, but that every other moment in his career, we haven't necessarily been totally behind Sergio Garcia. Well, there's a whole slew of of bad behavior moments for him, a lot of which are are just, you know, flat out bonehead and and uh, mistakes of uh, in, in judgment and, you know, things that call into question his character between that PGA championship and that masters. He talked about fried chicken and Tiger Woods in the same sentence. You can't ever do that, right? Like that, that's just flat out. It makes you uh, a person that's not very thoughtful. Now he, he apologized and he tried to come correct with that. He spit in the cup. We, we, he plays in the Ryder cup with a kind of aggression that that is admirable. I think he is now, the single most accomplished Ryder Cup player in European history. I think that that's where he he's the the the, the stature that he's um, gained by way of that event. Um, so he has been sort of an, a, a villain here in, in the U.S. But you know he he also just between 2017 Masters and and this week a series of things that don't speak well to his judgment and character. What he was doing out in Saudi Arabia with smashing up the greens, what he he did on the tee box where he, he threw a club at his brother and took a huge gouge out of it. Like just a bunch of temper things. Now, if you want to be a Sergio apologist and, you know, point out that some of that temper, some of that fire is what makes him the kind of competitor that he is, that's fine. But there's, there's, it's also fine for other people on the other side of the coin to find that behavior boorish and intemperate. And, you know, not what you will expect to see out of a professional. So, I, I mean, that, that's my sense of the two sides of the coin. What do you think? Do we think about his career as being somewhat of a disappointment at this point? He's, he's going to go be in the Golf Hall of Fame. I mean, there's no question about it. He does not have an enormous number of wins on the PGA Tour. 11. Yep. Double digit. He has... The one Masters as his only major, he really was around the hoop on a bunch of other majors, right? A bunch of top fives in majors over the course of his career. Yes. And the greatest European Ryder Cup performer. So we wanted him to be the next Seve, though. We did. Well, we we wanted him also to be a potential foil to Tiger, right? He's younger than Tiger, and he could have been this fiery competitor. And, it, and there was a bunch of storylines that go along with it that could have made the last 20 years very rich if, if Sergio, the combination of talent and temperament, was up to that challenge, right? If he had, because yeah. he had the skill, we know that we know he had the skill because he was 19 years old and battling Tiger down the stretch back at, where was it, Valhalla? Yes. So, but, you know, golf is hard, so you couldn't maintain that consistency in a Tiger way because only Tiger could maintain that consistency in a Tiger way. Yeah, we should also add that he won that he won the players. But <laughs> if you want to add that, go ahead. Yeah, no, listen. He, he he was he's second at the Open twice. Yes, second at the PGA twice. Won the Masters and T three at the U.S. Open. I mean, close counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, as my dad used to say. So I, I look. This is a nice win, and it continues this pattern of the old guy resurgence in the fall that we've seen. Let's hope it can rub off on Tiger Woods in November. Um, but but it it felt like 
uh, sort of nonchalant who cares when. That said, we need to eat a lot of crow for burying a guy and talking about the fact that he maybe doesn't even practice anymore and he's just getting them checks because he did get a check for his actual golf. Good I'm job, Sergio. E- I'm not eating crow. Absolutely not. I, I refuse. I This is, you know, we called it like we saw it. That's exactly uh, the kind of form he was in. He was he was disinterested and lackluster in his performances post-restart all fit that caliber. The thing about a talent like Sergio's is he can capture it over the course of a week and he is so effing good his whole life at this game that he can come out and beat up uh, on on a, a bunch of kids. Well, and uh, that's what he did. And I mean, yeah. that's the thing that, that that's that's really worth noting is uh, Henrik Norlander, JT Poston, Peter Malnati, Keegan Bradley, Scott Stallings, Tyler McCumber, Charlie Hoffman, Danny McCarthy. I mean, th- he did not beat a stack fields. There's Stuart Sink, you know, yeah. two twelve. So Why this not? was one of those ones. This was one of those tournaments. It's almost like the preseason of the PGA Tour season where you had Napa, you know, we, we had, we've had a couple of these tournaments as we, and the fun thing about this week is we're going to have a pretty heavy field for the next three weeks to come. But this is one of those tournaments where you look and you say, all right, are we going to see a guy who's rounding into form who maybe is going to surprise us? Sebastian Munoz, uh, you know, is, is the guy who, who last year, came out at this tournament and ended up having a great season. It just didn't feel like anybody really stepped up and was circling the drain for the win. And Sergio, this is the kind of tournament that a great player should grab by the throat and win. Sergio, you, you said he was 60 to one or whatever coming in. Sergio should have been 10 to one coming in if he was as consistent as we'd like to see from a guy with the talent he has. Well, a couple of, of closing thoughts on this. So first of all, uh, Sergio has now won six times in eight tries since 2017. He won the masters. There's been eight occasions where he's had the 54 hole lead co-lead, uh, and he's won six of those eight times. So one of the things we have been talking about, one of the themes that we talked about with our homie, Justin Ray, and some of these stats are coming from Justin, by the way, was how can we try and capture the cojones quotient how can we build in some balls as we try and build out our analytic model? And by golly, Sergio showed it. He went out and grabbed the golf tournament. And that's the kind of performance that you and I have been talking about with some curiosity as you know this new season begins and as we um, close out some of the majors. The guys going out and grabbing golf tournaments by the neck and dragging them down like it's a tiger and a gazelle uh, you know, not not Pardon a tiger, the pun. not yeah. a tiger and a Giselle. Come on, I'm trying to keep it above board here. <laughs> okay, but okay. you know, uh, that's one thing that we both sort of demanded. And to the credit of Stuart Sink and Hudson Swafford and Sergio Garcia, now they did that. Sergio, in particular, had to win this golf tournament with a birdie on the 18th hole because. Peter Malnati went out and shot 63 on a Sunday and his putt on 18, which was like a, I don't know, 30 footer, 35 footer. I watched it. It looked great all the way until it got to the hole. And then it wiggled a tiny hair, right? Where it could have just as easily wiggled a tiny hair left. And it kept him from shooting a course record 62. And it would have had the effect of putting him into a playoff with Sergio. But Peter Malnati 
put the pedal down and went out and tried to win the golf tournament. So I'm glad that everybody got to experience the, the, the Peter Malnati experience because his chatterbox, the dude has the most frenetic manic energy ever. I loved when he hit that flop uh, that he made birdie on on the back where he, or I think it was 15, where he basically told everybody it was a complete duff. He did not mean to do that. Uh, and he was fun to watch. I, I, I really was pulling for Peter, but, uh, but a good showing by him. And we knew that this was a course as a previous champion where he might play well. I, I just wonder if with all these old guys winning, you know, Gary player and Jack Nicholas freaking drilled the green in that tournament in the Ozarks with tiger player. Can we get a sponsor exemption for those guys? They could probably win one of these things. Payne's Valley, yeah, but the swing especially. Like, the, if there's a if there's a guy to model at least your physical fitness re- regimen after, who's not had the benefit of all the advances in in modern science, at least when he was young enough to really take advantage of it, Gary Player forever, right? Look, that's kind of the end of the preseason season, and and a few guys stepped up: Christopher Ventura, Tyler McCumber, James Hahn. We did, you know, we didn't, those are the three guys who you might say, Hey, maybe they're going to do something this season. We did not see a huge breakthrough yet. It's been the the old guys, right? And the problem for everybody now is starting this week, the big boys are showing up. Yeah. The only, uh, events sort of left on the fall schedule where there might be an opportunity for a younger guy to try and and jump up and 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 grab one where they're not going to be going against, you know, a bunch of guys in the top 10. The event in Bermuda, I yep. think kind of fits that bill. Yep. The um RSM down at Sea Island, uh I think kind of fits that bill. Yeah. And uh maybe the Houston Open cuz guys will skip that. Um but it's cuz it's the week before the Masters. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how people manage their schedule. We, you're right. I mean, you know, now it's pedal to the metal time. We are moving over to Las Vegas for back-to-back events and then uh we're in Sherwood and then we're in Houston and that and then it's the Masters. Let's take a quick break before we go to Sin City and break down what's happening there. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, Power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. 
pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions? That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hey, quick public service announcement. I want to talk about voting. Have you made a plan yet for how you are going to vote? You can make sure that you have everything you need in terms of information for the logistics and to figure out where you can get information about the candidates. It's all at ballotready.org, B-A-L-L-O-T-R-E-A-D-Y.org. You can vote before November the 3rd in most states. Check to see if you can mail in your ballot, vote early, drop them off, whatever the rules are in your state. Get yourself over to BallotReady.org, B-A-L-L-O-T-R-E-A-D-Y.org. All right, Nate, we are in Vegas for two weeks coming up here, starting with the, the Shriners Hospital for Children Open. And this is a tournament that like, sneakily has been around for a long time. I say sneakily because I have it as in my brain as like, it's a nice, fun fall tournament, but you know, it's been around since the early eighties and they've been playing on the fall schedule this way. This is the 30th year that this event is on the schedule in, in October or November in Las Vegas. Pretty cool. TPC Summerlin is a really fun course. And if uh, in the absence of COVID, you'd told me we were going to get the entire PGA Tour locked down in Las Vegas for two weeks. I would have told you we were going to have an awesome couple weeks. It's going to be interesting to see how these guys handle it. The funnest part of the TPC Summerlin is there's two fun things. One is the Thunderbirds are out and they all wear the most ridiculous hats. Uh, so you'll catch some of those on TV, all the volunteers. But the second is that there's always just a sneaky bed shitting Sunday round from some guy who was who made the cut and clearly went out so hard on Saturday night. <laughs> Last year, it was Charlie Hoffman for sure. You know, th this tournament, like the winner's going to be in the, in the call it, you know, 23, 24 under. And so last year, like Charlie Hoffman had shot like 70, 67, 67. And, you know, he's not really in it. He so clearly went out on a bender Sunday. He shoots 79, He's a Vegas guy in his hometown. I know he was out all night. So you got to look for the Sunday bed shit round at TPC Summerlin. Well, that will be something between, you know, Saturday evening after round three concludes. And whenever the book puts up the round four matchups, you and I are going to get on the text and maybe we'll put this on the Twitter. We'll come up with the bed shitter, our bed shitter pick of the week. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, my, my question to you, though, is, is anything different? Because Vegas is different right now. And just in terms of the overall f fun factor, 
you know, the, the crowds are, are greatly diminished. Um, the events are greatly diminished in terms there'll of the be nightlife. No, yeah, there'll be no giant hot tub with with dancing girls in it like they usually have. We, we it, don't think. I mean, I, anything's possible, right? This is the United States of America and people are living their lives according to the, you know, safety protocols that they think best suit them. But this is this is one of the first tournaments we've had that falls when it's supposed to. Yes. And so so the course is going to be in the normal kind of shape that it is. And the last six holes of this course are really, really fun. 13 through 18, there are guys who can come out of those holes uh, six under. And so the tournament is never over until the back nine on Sunday as guys are coming down playing two par fives a crazy drivable par four that's only 289 yards, but the green is insane. A tough par three over water. So there's rocks, there's shit everywhere. It, it's, a, it's a really exciting course. And this is a course where beefy Bryson has always done extraordinarily well, but he hasn't played it since he became beefy Bryson. <laughs> so I want to get into the quality field that's assembling for this and the unique circumstances that have this event and next week's CJ Cup back to back, and how that also is having this effect of bringing guys together. But one thing that I wanted to uh, make sure that we covered today, I saw this article, um, pjtour.com by Cameron Morfit, which is uh, about the idea of Las Vegas as a place that is becoming increasingly popular with tour pros, and that some of the young guys are choosing Vegas. As their place, they're choosing Vegas over your more traditional, um, you know, uh, venues for for pursuing a professional golf career like California or Texas or Florida. Somebody called it Jupiter West, uh, potentially, in this story. What's your sense as our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground? Now, we know that a bunch of guys, you know, already like live out there, but uh, there is this appeal for younger players going out, most prominently, uh, Colin Morikawa. What's your sense as our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground of what's happening in Vegas? A lot of coaches have located there. Yeah. A great place for year-round golf. Obviously, golfers try to live in places where there's absolutely no income tax because they're never home. A lot of coaches, including the great Butch Harmon, lives out there. Butch doesn't travel as much anymore. And so a lot of his guys have chosen to locate there or are there a bunch just to go see him. Uh, and his son, obviously now, who's who's coaching a bunch of guys. But I, I think uh, I think it, it, we know that Kevin Na is there. We know that Charlie Hoffman is there. As soon as we got a major winner living in Las Vegas, let's start to call it a mecca. Until then, for me, it's it's a lot of Texas and Florida still, with with a few folks in California. Well, what, don't don't be disrespectful to Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa is a major winner. Well, he is. Okay, fair. Great. It's the Mecca of golf, Las Vegas, Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. And I I don't mean to slander another place as a way of making, you know, the, the, the curious observation, but this did catch my eye. It does have the benefit of being an hour away from California. And you really can get to anywhere in California from Vegas in, in pretty short order. And the combination of, you know, the, the hard times that California has been experiencing with the climate and with fires and the tax situation in California, I wouldn't be surprised if we just saw like a, a, a critical mass already, you know, the young guys, 
that are, are there are people like uh, um, Maverick McNeely, like Aaron Wise. And then, you know, across the tours are other folks making it out there. Danielle Kang, who is uh, dating Colin Morikawa, um, has it out there, is out there. So I just wouldn't be surprised if this sort of all comes together and we might see a little more of this Jupiter West vibe. House, how many times in your life have you taken a trip to Vegas? Like, just guess it. I don't know, 15? Right. And has there ever been a time where after 48 hours, you didn't wake up and go, I have got to get the fuck out of here? No. Like, so why would every you... Every single time. You every have to single leave. time you have to get out. You can't stay there for too long or it just sucks the life and soul out of you. It's an entire city designed to do just that, to woo you in and make it look awesome and sexy and fun. And then 48 hours later, you're broke and hungover and your soul is destroyed and it spits you out. That's what's happening to these golfers. There's no way in a sport that requires the, such precision and focus and you know ongoing tinkering, as we just saw Sergio still doing at 40, that it's a good idea to be remotely near the Las Vegas Strip if you care about anything related to your professional life. Well, let's see that. That's interesting. I think of Colin Morikawa as one of the most disciplined and that, you know, to his own credit, um, there is pretty good documentary evidence of him coming up and his own work ethic. I mean, I've seen some of the specials on him and greatly enjoyed them. What if that new, and we have stories coming out of the folks that were living um, in Vegas during the, the tour shutdown um, in addition to Morikawa's uh, work, also, I, I know I saw something about Maverick McNeely and what, what he was doing. But the same thing, right? They were working hard. They're playing. If you're there and it's your job to be there, then I think it's the climate is, is extremely golf-friendly, except for when it gets super hot. But you can still practice when it's super hot. You <laughs> it's can practice the desert. when it's super hot. Right. Colin Morikawa is 23 years old. He's only been allowed in the casinos for two years. Like, not even. <laughs> Just give him, give him another two years and he's going to be, you know, Britney Spears. We're going to have to, we're going to have to stage an intervention. We got to get All Colin right. out of Vegas. All right, enough. Enough on that. I get it. Uh, let's talk about T.P. Summerlin. Let's talk about this field. Let's talk about, I think this is, has the potential to be a super great tournament. So yes. you mentioned this a little bit. The only real defenses of this golf course are the wind and if there's like big variance in, in temperature, right? If it goes from being hot uh, to dropping 20 to 25 degrees, which can happen in the desert kind of at any given point in time. But otherwise, you know, if the weather's good, the guys go out and destroy this golf course because the rough isn't punitive. The altitude means everybody can reach the par fives in three so it's just shot maker. Now, one interesting thing, and I want your thoughts on this as somebody who spent a bunch of time out there. Why is it that we have a track record of guys without the reputation of being gigantic ball hitters who, who as, as winners at this venue? I mean, because Kevin Na, not a gigantic uh, ball hitter. Uh, ben Martin, not a gigantic ball hitter. Yeah, Br Bryson is. But I think it's because there's a lot of risk reward on this course. And... Uh, and the greens themselves are tricky and fun. And so guys who put their faces off do extraordinarily well here. Kevin Na won last year. He made 558 feet worth of putts to win. Yeah, his, his strokes gained putting advantage was over 14 strokes, which I think is either the record or near the record 
for the all-time um, greatest strokes gained putting in an event. Yeah, so so hitting it big is helpful, but you know, coming down the back, there are at least three eagle opportunities if you don't count like some of the par threes that are that are relatively short and easy to go after. So you you are challenged uh, from the the fairway in on this course, and I think that's why you've seen a lot of the winners that we have. The truth is, this has not historically been a stop where all of the best players in the world congregate. I mean, last year, this was where we knew Brooks Kepka was in trouble. He missed the cut and Chase Kepka made the cut. And Chase Kepka has been the better golfer in the family <laughs> almost ever since. Um, but there are usually not the kind of names that we're going to get this week. This week, we're going to have the strongest field at this event in 30 years. Yeah. So let's go through some of the names. Not only do we have beefy Bryson, but playing alongside of him the first two days and kudos to the tournament organizers for putting this together. Matthew Wolf is in this tournament and playing with Bryson for the first two days. And they also put Cam Champ in that threesome. Now that one, I I don't know whether they are going to permit. um, I know they're not permitting general public fans. And I guess we'll just see on television how many uh, folks are sort of at the venue, but that's one that's going to be very exciting to keep an eye on and watch. Yeah, uh, I mean, Matthew Wolf and Bryson already have this history of going back and forth in events. I think they, they did it in in Detroit. Uh, they, they did it in, I think, Minnesota the year before. And, and they certainly, uh, you know, w- were doing it a bit at the Open. So Well, and, and th- this, you know, in Minnesota and Detroit, they were not in the same group. At the Open, they were in the same group. And we're, they're going to be in the same group the first uh, two rounds of this event. So you you imagine both of those guys will be comfortable with each other. Yeah, this group is going to be so fun to watch on the par 4 16th. It's this straight uphill, drivable 289-yard hole. Uh, it, it's got this crazy two-tiered, long, narrow green and that just everything runs off into bunkers and rocks everywhere. And so some guys are going to eagle and some guys are going to take a six, but all of these guys every day are going to be bombing for the screen. Well, but you say bombing, that, that's a six iron for these guys. Fair I mean, enough. S- seriously, neither one of them need to put any kind of uh, bombing weapon in, in their hands for this. But we have we have Beefy Bryson, we have Matthew Wolf. we talked about Cam Champ, long hitter, always interesting, Colin Morikawa. So we have the, the two... Uh, major winners on tour in this revamped uh, schedule playing this event. Hideki is at this event. Top 10 Tony. Is he top 10 Tony or top 5 Tony? Let's still call him top 5 Tony. He's going to top 5. Yeah. All right. Top 5 Tony in this event. Patrick Cantlay, who absolutely burns down this venue. Yep. Paul Casey uh, is here. Webb Simpson is is here. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, of uh, quality golfers and guys in form showing up at this venue. So we have identified strokes gained putting <laughs> as an attribute that that seems to have been the the deciding factor, which is by far the most difficult to anticipate. There's so much variance week to week in putting. Who do you have your eyes on as as we uh, size up this field here? Well, you listed a lot of the names of uh, of guys who you have to pay attention to. Uh, in any other year, we'd say that Patrick Cantlay is the guy to look at because he's come so close uh, twice and he's won. But we've had a weird Patrick Cantlay year. It's It's been very, very quiet. 
uh, from him. And so here's who I can tell you is not going to win. Smiley Kaufman is not going to win. Oh, come on. But but what I was going to say about that is, is this is where Smiley won his lone win. And I was there last year and watched a little bit of his round when he shot an opening 84. So if you want to put some good karma out there this week, you should put it for Smiley, who's sort of struggled to get back. But this is a course that obviously resonates with him or has before. I would love to see him begin to pick himself up out of, out of uh, the hole that he's been in. And I'm certainly rooting for him this week. Great. Good karma. I, I, I appreciate you being positive uh, on Smiley's behalf. Now let's talk about guys that can really win this golf tournament. Listen, Charlie Hoffman is 80 to 1. Keegan so, Bradley is 80 to 1. They both were showing up big time last week. So how, this is the thing, right? Which of the two narratives do we want to chase with this one? On the one hand, since the restart, we have three throwback winners. It's old guy fall. We have old guy fall. We have Stuart Sink. We have Sergio and Hudson Swafford, who, you know, another guy who hadn't won in a long time and some, some appearances by some other uh, old guys like, you know, Keegan. So that's sort of one aspect of it. And then we have the, the killer bombers, um, these kids, the on fire and fuego kid quotient, which one of those two narratives do you think is going to be the prevailing narrative? Well, let's be honest. The old guys have been winning because the bombers haven't been there. I mean, I have to agree with you. Uh, so it's going to be super fun to see those guys hitting the piss out of the ball, um, especially because Bryson in particular is a really good putter. It feels to me like Matthew Wolf is missing too many short-ish putts in, in, in important moments. Um, but you know, if you just went on putting alone, you'd say, all right, well, Denny McCarthy, we've been talking about him. I think he was T6 last week. He's hanging around there. Maybe he could be a first-time winner. Uh, you know, Adam Hadwin has had pretty good success at this tournament. You know, there's some value there. Joel Damon has had great success at this tournament. He's got MGM as one of his partners. So Vegas, oh dear. Vegas feels <laughs> cool. Oh boy. Yeah, they might do something Sunday night, but uh, that uh, you can look for maybe a Joel Damon bed shit round. Just, just to be clear, depending on how Saturday pans out for him. But, but. But I just think, I think, you know, Pat Perez, right? I mean, you tr- do you trust Pat Perez in Vegas? He's played well here before, but you got to believe one of the nights Pat's just going to give in and go just COVID deep in a casino somewhere. I, no, that's, that's just, that's called Tuesday night for Pat. I mean, I, that, 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 I'm not worried about him being adversely affected at all. In fact, if he does not do that, I would be concerned. If there's any commentary out of coming out of Pat Perez's mouth, we'll have to listen to his show this week saying, oh, I'm going to tone it down or temper my uh, behavior, then forget it. I, no I'm out way. on Perez. But otherwise, no otherwise, he's a play. He's a play in Vegas at all times, Nate Dog. Yeah, so we're, we're talking about some value that's a little bit further down the odds board for this week. But I really think we're going to see a winner come out of some of those top guys this week because uh, this is a gettable course. The, the first day lead is going to be seven or eight under, you know, you could easily see the winner. I mean, I, I said 23-24, but, but with, you know, if, if Bryson gets it going, Wolf gets it going, you could see the winner at 26, 27, 28, uh, given how many eagle opportunities there are. So yeah, I'm, I like, I'm going to lay this out and see what, what you think about this. I, I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to take a couple old guys because of their prices in DFS and in fantasy and, and you know, reasonable prices on the betting board. So somebody like Louis... 
Oosthuizen, right? Okay. Uh, made eight straight cuts. We know how good he played at the yep. U.S. Open. Just sprinkle a little on him. Not going to forget about him because he's looked good uh, for a little while now. We know he's in form. Zach Johnson. Yes. We talked about CJ. He's playing great. I believe he led the field in strokes game putting Wingfoot. So that's a good, that's a good trend line. That's a good stat. I like that though. Those are two uh, old guys that I'm just going to go ahead and get on. Cause we're, if it's, if it's old guy golf, then you want to have a little bit of exposure to them. And then I'm going to play a couple young guns. I'm going to go ahead and just do a tiny bit on Joaquin Neiman. Yeah. Now, he missed the cut at this event last year, which you don't love. But since then, he's shown some tremendous form. He he was sixth in strokes gained putting at the U.S. Open. He had a great performance at the BMW Championship. He won at the Greenbrier Classic. The Greenbrier and the BW, uh, BMW, those are played on bent grass. We know that, that TPC Summerlin is Ben Grass. So I, you know, I want to try and catch a little bit with him, maybe jump on his fire a little I, bit. I and love then, it. I love and it. Then, and then what about Maverick McNeely? Why, why couldn't he just go out into his backyard? Nothing's going to feel more comfortable to him than being at TPC Starmelin, sleeping in his own bed, uh, not nice and, and familiar surrounds. And, you know, he, he, he puts well, on bent grass. Well, he put incredible last week. He he really put his face off last week. So maybe he that 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 the little bit of a heat stroke with the flat stick carries on. Though though that's how I'm going to sprinkle this out. A little bit of Louie, a little bit of Zach, a little bit of Mav, little little bit of Joaquin. Like I don't that? trust I don't trust anybody under 30 in Las Vegas, COVID or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just asking for trouble. I know you're projecting. I, 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 have you and I been in Vegas together ever? Probably. Out of all the times, yeah, there, there has to be. Yeah. Summer, one of those summer league times, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Sorry, as you know, anytime we leave, we immediately, men in black, forget it. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's the deliberate. flash. Yeah, we have to, we have to bury it and it's got to go away. Something and... about what, what happens stays. I can't remember the, the phrase. <laughs> Whatever it is. All right. Well, look, it's a real fun, Stretch we have in front of us because the the field at the CJ Cup is is also going to be a very good field. We have two weeks in Vegas. I love this little bit of opportunity that the you know the lemons of this situation, the 2020 year of lemons, a tiny bit of lemonade where we're going to some venues and just sticking around for a couple of weeks, bringing the whole circus to town and just letting everybody settle in. And we get some really um, interesting and, and good competition out of it. Uh, and I'm hoping for that out of out of Vegas these two weeks. We're going to get it. And just remember, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, we learned a few things about some of the guys further on down the board that can help you as you move into these weeks ahead. Scotty Scheffler sitting there at 28 to 1. That's a stinker for me this week, right? You want to stay pretty far away from Scotty Scheffler. It's nice that Sergio won and his odds are like 35 to 1. You think he's going to do it two weeks in a row, House? I do not, but I'm not going to say bad things about Sergio. So that means he's 
That makes him a stay away. That means he's a stay away. He, he can't fit his seven iron alongside his eight iron up there. It's, That's exactly right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I, I don't have enough room for both. This is a really fun three weeks, and the fields are only going to keep getting stronger. Two no-cut events coming ahead of us with really big purses. So the guys care, and the guys who are showing up this week are really doing it because they're looking to Shadow Creek, looking uh, looking to Sherwood to, to really peak and win some money. Yeah, well, let's, let's tell all the birdie buddies out there, keep your eyes open for the Saturday Night Fever bed shitter pick of the week. We're going to look and see where things stand after <laughs> round three. Nate and I'll compare notes. We'll have a pick for you, a selection Saturday into Sunday. I'm also happy to share with everybody, we are back again this week. We're long overdue for uh, a visit with the LPGA. They are at Erotomink this week uh, for the KPMG PGA Championship. The Ladies PGA Championship is this week, and we have an outstanding guest coming on. Now, she's not able to, to, to play in this because she's got an injury, but Marina Alex, who's been on the pods, on the gram, on the Twitter, absolutely love her, is coming on to help us talk through what's going to go down at the Ladies PGA Championship. You 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 can, these days, Nate, do DFS lineups and put sprinkle a little cash if you're so inclined on the LPGA Tour. We have back-to-back winners from the UK, Georgia Hall and Mel Reed. And you know what? I, I, I we're, we're overdue. We need to talk some LPGA. I'm psyched for this week. Uh, that's it, my Eagle enthusiasts. We are back this week with another episode of Fairway Rule. And until then, let's hit them straight out there, pretty please. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.